welcome to episode 336 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the Mayor of Reseda, and we have ourselves a three-man pod this week to discuss an action-packed edition of Money in the Bank, Raw, and SmackDown. Uh, joining us first from the Marty Jannetty Memorial Podcast Studio in Phoenix, Arizona, Super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz. We're discussing TakeOver as well, right? Hell oh, yeah. sure. Why not? Okay. That was, it okay. was amazing. It was great. Actually, two of my favorite matches over the last three days were from TakeOver. Uh, also joining us from the Marty Jannetty Memorial Podcast Studio in Phoenix, Arizona, the founder and proprietor of TheSteelCage.com, Mr. Joshua Schlag. Hello. 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 Josh, do you have any emails this week before we start all of this business? <laughs> Do we have any emails? Yes. Yeah, we have got we have one email this week. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, Sam in Scotland writes. I read online that Braun was given the Money in the Bank win as a Plan B in case a, a future Plan B that is in case the live crowd shits all over Roman versus Brock again. Uh, then Vince can uh, have Braun cash in and send the, the fans home happy. My question is, if this is a legitimate concern for Vince, why is he even booking that match in the first place? Wait a second. Why is that Vince's plan B when we all know it has to be the plan A if you're booking Roman versus Brock? There is no will the crowd shit all over it. Yeah. It's a matter of when. You're, you're, not, you're not giving that match again to a better reaction. Nope. The first time you did it was the best reaction that match is ever going to get. It yes. will not get any better. Nope. Maybe in like two, three years, if nope. somehow they manage to make Roman likable, turn him people, whatever. That. Nope. Yeah. God, nope. Are, are, are we all just that. set upon Roman's going to win whatever this Extreme Rules matches, and that's that's the direction they're going with this? Well, yeah. I. I hate, I, I hate those I, I hate those stories that leak out through the dirt sheets that hey this is what the SummerSlam main event's gonna be. Even wait 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 wait. That isn't a dirt sheet thing. That's anybody who's watched wrestling for the last ten years knows Vince wants Roman versus Brock. It's always been that. It's always gonna be but that. He, but he had it and it was garbage. Let's move on. And He's you know had what? It it, several you know times. what? You know what Vince said? It's that smarky WrestleMania crowd. I don't. I don't think so. Like it's it's it seems to be everybody. Well, it's Roman? interesting because I think the the success of WWE right now is a big just middle finger to anything that the crowd disagrees with them on. Yeah. I think I think the fact that they're rolling along in the way that they are uh, really means that they're not going to succumb to the will of the audience. But I also think that they are very well aware of what Roman Reigns is and how the audience, the majority of the audience, feels about him. Yeah. And at this point, I'm sure that they're going to book it in the correct way. I personally thought everything at uh, Money in the Bank went the way that it should have. I was very excited about the Braun win because I didn't even think that was a possibility. I really didn't. I watched this on my phone at my desk at work and I stood up and yelled when Braun won. That's how excited I was about it. It was just an amazing moment, and I was really excited about it. I am a legitimate Braun Strowman fan. I know we talk about him a lot on this podcast. We got the whole shirt thing and the gimmick. 
but I am legitimately like a little kid when it comes to Braun. And I just don't understand at this point why when Braun Strowman is working so well at that character that you wanted Roman Reigns to be, why not now take this as an opportunity to make Roman Reigns something different? I, in fact, really liked the segment on Raw this week with him and Bobby Lashley, believe it or not, throwing two of the most boring guys that I could give a shit less about together um, just because of the way that it ended and the fact that Bobby Lashley busted out the spear for the first time and he kind of upstaged Roman with the fact that he can do it so much better than Roman can with that sweet-ass roll that he does after he hits it. You know, and like, I don't know, I think that it's just... It's it's one of those things that I see in that feud more interest than I've seen in anything Roman Reigns has done up to this point. Hmm. You know, I think Roman Reigns needs that. I think Roman Re- Reigns needs character retooling at this point. Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of constantly, you know, fucking back talking myself and being like, well, Roman's a comp- he's a, he's valuable, but he's just not good and what whatever, man. I mean, the fucking guy is a guy. I mean, he could do the things that you need him to do. This is just a fucking byproduct of them, one, pushing him way too much, and two, fucking being way lazy with him as a character. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Um, going back to what you said with the Bronwyn, I think we were all, like, blown away by that because it just seemed like they have been setting up the whole time for him not to to be there but and be a factor but not be a contender for it. Sure. Like... You know, everybody getting up on him. So, the, when he won, it was like, maybe they are realizing that he is the guy they want Roman to be. Oh, he's he. they're pushing him to the moon. I mean, he has the greatest Royal Rumble win and this. Both of those are that exact type of match of what you're describing. The kind of thing that you could build up the big guy, but for 25 years, all we've seen is the big guy get eliminated uh, because of the fact that everybody gangs up on him and takes him out. And that's always the case, and especially in a fucking ladder match or in an over-the-top, you know, Royal Rumble match, it's 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 unheard of for someone like him to make it through and actually win. That's what makes those victories so cool. I'm excited about it. I am not one of those people that by any means thinks that they're not pushing Braun. This victory, though, for me was, it's it. I mean, they know yeah. what they have in it. I just think that, again, what I was saying is, is since... You know, since this monster, badass kind of face guy that they wanted Roman to be is working so well with Braun, just figure something else out for Roman, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you could do with him that that would be better than than what he is now. But he just he needs a change. He needs, and God damn it, we've been saying that for like three years, like. Just do something different with them. Take the music away. Fucking stop having them come out with the vest. Something like just change something for fucking Pete's sake. And there is a reasonable pathway to that with this whole SummerSlam thing. I I mean, if you have Roman win in Extreme Rules and is the SummerSlam contender, the plan is that, you know, Roman's going to beat Brock or Brock's going to beat Roman, then Braun cashes in, Braun's champion. All it takes to reinvent Roman is his bronze sitting there raising the belt. Roman just spears him. And just oh, yeah. turn him heel oh, yeah. in that moment and just know that's what you're rolling with. You've got Braun Roman till WrestleMania. 
Because yeah. because that a heel Roman versus a face champion Braun Strowman for six months is a perfectly fine feud. That's true. Because and, and it, it gives the fans two things they want: new thing for Roman and Braun with a belt. And, and I, it's and it's empathetic for Roman when you think yeah. about it because he once again at a big event gets screwed by that goddamn money in the bank briefcase fucking exactly. him over when he's right about to beat Brock Lesnar. Empathetic. Well, no, it's that heel who... No, 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 I'm just saying, though, like, okay, like, when he goes heel, right, it's going to be positive in a lot of ways, right? And in a way, it's going to get a portion of the audience actually behind him more because he's a... Even though even though he said in an interview, aren't, aren't I a heel already? No, you're fucking not, and we know you're not. When you go heel and you commit to it, then people will actually be behind you even more. Yeah, you'll lose the support of the Mark fans or the kids or whatever, right? But it's going to change the dynamic of Roman and, as a whole. And my point being is when you get people like us, per se, behind him, we will be the ones that will be championing the fucking, just, just sarcastically or ironically, we'll be like, yeah, fuck that money in the bank belt, or no. that briefcase. It screwed him twice. Dave, He's Dave, right. I, I think you're going too far. I, I yeah. think, I think, I don't think everybody's going to get behind him, but I think it will be a appreciated heel because the motives are clear. The, yes. The, the motives yes. make sense. It's that overreaction to a personal slight to be healed. The, the, you know, it's it's a very Kevin Owens Jericho type thing. That was my spot. That was me. I should have done it. I've worked for that stupid money in the bank. And just that you take that to another level of complaining and whining. And it was mine. I've been screwed. It's a heel turn that has a motivation that's not against the character. Almost. The, the I've worked. It's him turning again. It's almost what he did after, he, you know, um, after he beat Taker. And it was just that. My yard, it was just, I've earned it. You know, that that level of, it's that cockiness, it's that arrogance that, you know, he feels good enough. He should have had it. He sh- he's worked hard. He's the one there all the time. And and he's been he's been teasing that already for yeah. the past two months. He, he won't stop complaining about the greatest Royal Rumble. So, yeah. naturally, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, the, the whole initial tirade you started going on, Derek, about Roman Reigns, like... <laughs> I, I was, like, completely checked out. I was, like, ready to take a break already and go leave the room for a few minutes and come back because I'm just generally checked out on Roman Reigns. I don't care. Uh, but when when we started getting to this point of, like, a SummerSlam turn in a, in a storyline with Braun Strowman and Braun being the uber face and... You know, yeah, maybe some people will support Roman Reigns, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a small minority at that point. Like that's gonna be pretty clear face versus heel. Braun Strowman is this big monster that we love to cheer, and like that's that's a whole different thing. And to me, that that makes Roman Reigns relevant. I I would be ecstatic if they went that direction with him, because uh, otherwise, if they if they don't go that direction with him. Like, I, I'm just as happy if they just fire his ass at some point because he does nothing for me, personally. Yeah. It, it, yeah, no, it, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying behind him, like, fans will be cheering for him. What I mean is that the general wrestling audience will be pleased with that. You know what I mean? They'll be like, engaged into the, into the storylines with like, Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I think that, okay. That, okay, that makes sense what you're saying there. If it will get wrestling fans 
back into the character yep. rather than behind him that way. Okay, I see what you're saying. how we are. You know how we are. Like, yeah. like you were saying, Kevin Owens is a perfect example. Yes, we boo him. And yes, we do. We, we fall in line because we enjoy Kevin Owens so much that we're like, all right, it, yes, if I'm supposed to think you're a shit heel, then I will do that. But secretly, I'm enjoying everything you're doing right now, and it's very entertaining. Yeah, you know? it's and the like, heel you love. It, 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 exactly. And we respect you as a heel. Not... Right, right. Not, not, not necessarily being like, yeah, go, Kevin. You know, like, yeah. And, and like with Roman, it's, it's, it's a success if he can get 100% of the audience booing him, which wouldn't be that hard to do. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it just takes that that scenario that you laid out, I think, is very is very perfect. And I mean, it just just that, you know, we kind of talked about it with Seth and Seth versus Roman also being kind of an intriguing thing. But for me, uh, you know, Braun and, and Roman already have that history. So for them to continue what they've already laid out and, and the history that they've already had against each other, it's it's it works. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And you basically just go from SummerSlam to, you know, Roman, you've had all these title shots. You're not getting another one against Braun. We don't care what happened here. Blah, blah, blah. You know, keep going down the line where he has to earn it through Rumble. And there you go. You know, yeah. it, it, it'd be a Roman Reigns Rumble win that would have meaning. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, look what they did. Shinsuke won the Rumble and... Is he better off for that now? No. But no, it, not even a little bit. Fans. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk so, more about Shinsuke a little but later. It, so, so, you know, if Roman's going to win it to build the him versus Braun at Mania, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay with me. I, I don't mind that if the story's done, that he's the heel chasing the monster, that he had too many shots, that he's... Sure. You know, got to go through Seth, got to go through Kevin Owens, got to go through Dean Ambrose or when he's back or whoever it is to get there as a heel. I think that would be a great story. All right. Well, um, before we get into all the breakdown of the weekend and Raw and SmackDown and all that jazz, uh, there's a little bit of news I want to get into. But even before that... Uh, I do want to take a moment and welcome aboard a new sponsor for the Steel Cage podcast. Uh, it's been a little while, but uh, we, uh, we're, we're happy to, to be brought to you this week by The Muscle Hustle. Uh, it's an app for both the iOS and Android, um, and it's a pretty solid game, I, I gotta I, say. I love this game so much. Yeah, so essentially, I, and I, I was thinking of how to describe this earlier. Um, they, they, they say it's it's about collecting and promoting tag teams of wrestlers, battling them in slingshot combat. Uh, when I think slingshots, I, I'm thinking like Angry Birds. So this is essentially, it's sort of like Angry Birds type of style gameplay. Uh, a bit, but, yeah. but from like a top-down perspective, so you're it's, looking at a wrestling ring. It's almost like bumper pool is what I like to think of it as. And you build a stable of wrestlers. You have the opportunity to power them up. Uh, You can actually advance them in their careers. Uh, It's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's actually something Josh and I had discussed. It's very surprising that WWE doesn't have something like this. They have so many mobile app games out there, but nothing that suck. 
they suck and then not they so many of them have very little to do with your actual wrestlers i think that's one thing i like about this is this has the ability to like coach your wrestlers up you can draft coaches you yeah. can draft new wrestlers to your team you have the ability to like sell off wrestlers and you know sell them to other promotions uh, it's it's a great game i mean honestly i i'm pretty addicted to it and it has all of the aspects that i think make mobile games fun i uh, like the reward process the ability to play with uh, other people uh, online through through different forms of social media, it's it's a pretty fun game. I I enjoy it thoroughly, and I'm very very excited that they're a sponsor of the show. Totally. Um, do you have this game, Jared? No, I don't. I, All right. I, I need to download it because you guys just convinced me. Well, usually I avoid the wrestling games. Oh, it, they don't. suck. <laughs> are, are you are you opening the app store right now? Yeah. What I would say: don't open the app store. Do not open the app store. That would be don't foolish. Don't do that. Don't do that foolish open up a browser go to promo.thesteelcage.com that will take you to the appropriate app store whether you're on an android or an iphone uh, and we'll get credit for sending you there so promo.thesteelcage.com once the app is installed if you go to the settings screen uh, there's a promo code section you can enter the promo code steelcage uh, and that will actually get you 25 free in-game gold credits that you can use for oh. getting new wrestlers and upgrading sweet, your locker room, things gold like that. credits. Yeah. You need those gold credits. Right now, my stable is led by Anna Rachnid. Uh, she's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, I've also been working long with this luchador named Wings Justicia. And that's uh, very fun. But it's it's a great game. You guys will enjoy it thoroughly. And like not only that, but... The gameplay on other wrestling quote-unquote mobile games really have nothing to do with wrestling. And even though this is a a slingshot-style bumper pool game, uh, your wrestlers have signature moves and such that you can use. It's great. It totally feels like you're wrestling, so enjoy it. Yeah. Use that code. And I'm I'm picky as hell as far as uh, sponsorships go. Like, I've had the opportunity to have some contacts with some other things, but... uh, I really want something that's a good fit, and the Muscle Hustle, I feel like, is a really good fit. So, again, promo.thesteelcage.com on your phone, um, and then from there, Steel Cage as the promo code will get you some free gold. Uh, you might have to play through the tutorial before you can enter that, but it's worthwhile. So, do it. Add right. me. My, my user ID is <laughs> five 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 two eight four nine. Find me. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that on uh, Derek's Twitter feed later. Maybe we'll pin that or something. Um, what was the promo code again? Promo code is Steel Cage. Just know the... That, that's what I screwed up. Yeah. Promo.thesteelcage.com. Promo code Steel Cage. One word. Alright, done. Sweet. Alright. Jared's so on Muscle Hustle. Woo! Yeah, now we're going to spend the rest of this podcast playing this, so I'll just... <laughs> Thanks, He's guys. checked out now. He's Wonderful. Checked out. Well, let's Wonderful. get it back by talking about NXT TakeOver. Ooh, TakeOver. Uh, I was actually going to take us into a little bit of the news before we got to TakeOver. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about TakeOver. The, okay, go ahead. There's there's like a mixed bag of news. There's like some happy news and some sad news. Yeah, um, I mean, the stuff that happened. So just today, um, well, I guess it happened about a day and a half, two days ago at this point. Um, but Vader has passed away, which is a bummer, man. 
Um, yeah, like he he's a little bit younger than my dad, but we know he was going through some health issues and it sounds like pneumonia finally took him down. Um, real bummer, but it's it's also one of those moments that's nice to see all the wrestlers out there pouring out their love for him. Guys ranging from Mick Foley to, I mean, really anyone who's had an interaction with him. So even like Daniel Fischel from Boy Meets World and like it's 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 heartwarming to see that aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, I think pretty much every like '90s kid remembers when he showed up on Boy Meets World. Yeah, it was awesome. Like I knew him from that like almost as much as I knew him from wrestling up until like I was in college because and then I started watching yeah. older stuff. Yeah, well, like if if you were like me and you were mostly just a WWE guy, we never really got to see his times in WCW, his battles with Cactus Jack, none of that stuff. Uh, so like we just saw like late '90s Vader at WWF, and eh, it, it was you know we we got a little taste of of what Vader was all about, but it, it definitely was not his peak. Sting versus Vader put WCW on the map yeah, for me, man. It really did, and then uh, it just overall. I mean, so, uh, somebody tweeted it out. I'm sorry for not crediting them, but it, it, it's interesting that when WCW was such a shit show. Uh, that that rivalry really just held the company up. And, I mean, historically, it's very memorable as well. I want everybody out there to go watch the White Castle of Fear. <laughs> yes. In honor of Big Van Vader. Yes. Rest in peace, my man. Indeed. Look that up on YouTube. All right. Um, I guess another bit of mostly negative news, I guess. Uh, big cast, we learned yesterday, was released from WWE. Um, That's not negative. Fuck that guy. I I think important to note, uh, he was not future endeavored. I don't know why. Why are we saying fuck that guy? Like he oh, doesn't seem like. I, because I I haven't understood his existence in WWE <laughs> okay, since enough. he was in NXT. From since a fan he was NXT, okay. Right. I, I mean, like I said, I've I've always said that until Enzo came into the picture, I didn't even understand the appeal uh, that that Full Sail had for him or I don't even know if it was full sale at the time but I mean whatever man the crowd like blew up for him and he was a contender for the NXT title and I didn't get it and then Enzo came back and then I understood the 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 appeal the connection I understood everything right but in, in reality I've watched this guy now for a significant number of years I've never seen him improve and in fact this feud with Daniel Bryan was the biggest thing he's ever been given True. and it was just it was it was atrocious to watch. Yeah. It was cr- I I cringed through all of it. None of it was good, and all of it was stupid. And I mean, you you mix that with the things that we heard uh, about him being drunk on the European tour and about everything else. And I mean, it just pisses me off in the same way it does with Enzo. Even if you put the whole rape allegations by Enzo aside, it pisses me off that someone that's in WWE with that amount of uh, opportunity and money and fame being given to them uh, is going to go fucking do meth or coke or crack in a fucking hotel room with some, you know, with some rock stars or going to go get drunk and jeopardize some shit. And from my understanding, he fucking knocked down a door on a tour bus because he got locked in the bathroom. Yeah, and, and I, I was go to the bathroom. I, I was I was reading about that on the on pro wrestling sheet, and it it sounded like you know he was in the in the bathroom and the tour bus, and like there was already something wrong with the door, and it was like just getting stuck. 
he thought he was being ribbed, and as a result, he just decided to break it down in order to get out, uh, which Let's led... Which led to anyone else having to use the bathroom, having to use it with the door open, or like leaning the door against it, or I don't know what they did, but yeah, that sounded like a whole mess. The public intoxication thing while on the European tour was also reported through Pro Wrestling Sheet. Um, add that on top of, you know, we we heard and sounded like it was pretty well confirmed that he went off script about a month ago with the little person and all that stuff. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff, you know, going, going over the heads of Vince McMahon and the creative team and, um, you know, combine that with, you know what, this feud kind of sucked. We don't really know what we're going to do with you. I, I guess we should probably move on is what it seems like. So I think that, I think that's again, one of the benefit of indie performers is guys that have had a chance to actually, you know, deal, deal with, uh, you know, having to follow the rules and going through the ramifications, all, all, now all that. These guys understand the opportunity they're given when they're at the highest level in a company like WWE. Yep. And and you know that's that's the thing about guys like Enzo and Cass. It it's it was already questionable because I didn't see a lot of talent in Cass uh, by himself. I didn't think his mic skills were as good as other people thought, and his ring in ring work was bad. Yep. You know, definitely not at the level that they were putting him at, not to be in a, you know, feud with Daniel Bryan on a on a pay-per-view. So I I don't know. I'm just I'm not surprised to see him go. I'm just surprised that they gave him the opportunities that they did. I mean, they really loved him as a big man and they saw a lot in him and he didn't fall on the line like you need to when you work for a company like WWE. Yeah. Um, fuck him, he can go by <laughs> Exactly, Jared. Thank you. In, uh, in some positive news, uh, they announced that AJ Styles would be on the cover of WWE 2K19, which is pretty freaking cool. Like, just to think, you know, a couple, few years ago where AJ Styles was and him coming to WWE would be a dream, and now he's the cover boy of the video game this year. Went, uh, went from the creator wrestler section to the to the cover <laughs> of the game, dude. Totally. Um, uh, and I, like, I would, I would play him for a million dollars, and I would fucking cheat more than you've ever seen an individual cheat in a video game. I would use all the dirty tactics. I would run on him all the time. I would slide out of the ring and pull his legs from all the different directions. <laughs> I'd do all that shit, all that cheap ass shit. I would for a million dollars. Wait, what are, what are you talking about? Here's a million dollar contest to wrestle against AJ Styles in WWE 2K and if you beat him you win a million dollars. How do you how do you get the opportunity to wrestle against him? There is a website that I do not know right now but it was on one of the okay. commercials that I'm sure you fast forwarded through. Okay, yeah, I'm sure I did. No, actually I I watched on YouTube and they give me a completely different set of commercials with the USA on demand bullcrap but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is pretty cool. So, like, since the 2K series started in 2014, we had The Rock on the cover, John Cena in 2K15, Stone Cold 2K16, and that, that was kind of, like, the era of, like, previous wrestlers. I guess John Cena's kind of in the midst of that. Um, and then Brock Lesnar 2K17 and Seth Rollins last year. Um you know, this this is a big deal. It's pretty dang cool. And with the, the trajectory that Seth Rollins is on, um, arguably AJ Styles has already been there, but it would be interesting to see what this could mean for him going forward with his 
Um, I don't know. I guess just the uh, the public perception of AJ Styles in WWE, where he stands, and you know, eventually when he makes his move over to Raw, uh, you know, challenging for the Universal Title and all that jazz, that that could be pretty freaking huge. It's really interesting all of the things that lined up for AJ to be where he's at. You yeah. know, like he easily could be, I don't know, like as far as progress goes, a year back. It just the way everything lined up for him is so uh, perfect, you know, from the way that he got his theme music when it wasn't even intended for him. It was intended for James Storm uh, to the ah. fact that, you know, he they they really, really wanted him in NXT and they were, you know, basically it was just like <laughs> it, it was heavily discussed that this guy does not need to go to NXT. And I, I'm just, you know, you, you think of all the ways it could have been different uh, and and you know, he, he's become like truly the champ that runs the camp. You know, he's, he's, he's that guy. And it's, it's impressive that he's become that, but it's also not because he's pretty much been that everywhere he goes. He was the face of TNA. When he went to new Japan, Mm -hmm. he was responsible for a lot of the American like crossover of people coming to watch it that, that had no idea even what new Japan was. And, you know, now here he's, He's pulled something significantly that's, cool off. That's a really good point. I never really thought about him in that regard, but yes, very, very true. He's he's always been top guy, and he's fitting in very nicely into that position, WWE. He's certainly earned it, and he's certainly still working his ass off for it. Um, Plus, he's a gamer, so it's cool that he's so geeked <laughs> out about doing it, you know? Totally, yeah. Um, and then last bit of... of news that I have also good in a way and that leads us into our next topic I think. Uh, Today is officially the six year anniversary of NXT being taped at Full Sail. So just you know that that was the start of a whole new era. Um, You know arguably you know some of that early stuff even was a little rough but eventually it turned into what it is now and which is the undisputed era. (laughs) Baby. Yep. (sighs) All right. So Jared, you can you can stop playing Muscle Hustle for a few minutes. Uh, NXT Takeover Chicago certainly did not disappoint. Um, if anything, you know, heading into it, we looked at the card and it was one of those. I don't know how this is gonna be. Um, I, I think everybody on the card pretty much went above and beyond, except maybe that that women's match. Uh, that's probably the only downside that I see to this whole thing. Um, some people may hate on Lars Sullivan. I'm curious to see what Sprung is going to say on the next NXT oh podcast. My really? You're curious? Shit. He's going to lose his shit. Especially uh, that botched kick to the head. Uh, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. Went down, but yeah, no, I loved it. I mean, I read an article about a culinary student who was running a restaurant out of his studio apartment, and I couldn't think of a better metaphor for what NXT does than that right there. They're able to do so much with so little, and it's so impressive that they're able to do it. Even uh-huh. with a show like this, where we discussed how just unattractive the card was in general, it reminds me once again of PWG. It reminds me of that show we went to, where we we went and we you know had no idea who half the guys were, but by the end of the night, we knew all their names and had all sorts of new favorite. You know, a guy, wrestlers. A guy like Robbie Eagles stood at the PWG show, whereas on this particular card, 
I, I think this was really huge, a bit of a coming out party for a guy like Oni Lorcan uh, and Danny Birch, too. Yeah. I don't want to put him aside, but freaking A, man. Oni Lorcan just owned the beginning of this show. That yeah. was easily my favorite match of this entire weekend. It was so good. I loved that tag team match. Yeah. I loved the ending of it. I loved the fact that even though I was 100% convinced going into this that the Undisputed Era was going to win, midway through the match, I was totally lost in it, and I was totally like on the fence about who was going to come out with the win. Especially yeah. once they had him in that, you know, the dual, the, just that whole finishing Dude, shoot, the, yes. dual, the dual submission holds and the way that uh, O'Reilly kicked out of it, and just, oh, God, everything was so good about that. Um, it, it truly was uh, the perfect match to kick the night off with. Yeah, it, it set the tone for everybody else. To, it was one of those, okay, go beat that challenges. And, you know, we discussed that all those guys had talent. And last week we were talking about how we used to love Oni Lorcan when he was Bip Music. I, I think after TakeOver, it's Oni Lorcan. And you're not going to get me complaining now because I think he cemented himself in this role through that match you know yeah, I'll, I'll call him oni it's cool yeah yeah i, I think i'm over the oh he was so much better when he was biff music no no what a difference you know, a, a yeah. week makes I his know. mama called him biff i'm gonna call him biff <laughs> all right but it, that match was really you know like derek said you know we all thought undisputed era no doubt and then there were they, points in that match it was like they, are, are we sure about this? They, they made us question us? it. They made us question it. That's for damn sure. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a pretty hot start. Uh, Ricochet Velveteen Dream, I think, was everything that we could have imagined it would be, and then some. Uh, I, I I really loved everything that Velveteen did, uh, from coming out with the Hulk Hogan stuff, which I guess was a an homage to uh, Hulk Hogan trashing him on Tough Enough some years back, um, to the fact that he was actually just straight up wearing Prince Puma's yeah. <laughs> tights. No, they, they were Ricochet's tights from uh, PWG. I think they were he wore them at Bola last year. Well, I thought he wore them at Bola, but I thought those were also carryover from Lucha. I, I, I thought the Prince Puma ones were more patterned, uh, but may, maybe I'm wrong. Or, maybe these were like an offshoot, but like they, they yeah. still had a lot of the Prince Puma stuff going yeah. on. So but, whether whether they were actually Lucha or not, they were definitely ricochets. Yeah, <laughs> but, but then the two of them doing that Rock Hogan kind of standoff yes, at the yes. start, they, they both get it. Yeah. I, I think the showmanship there in the ring, the constant one-up each other, taking each other's moves, you know... It was just really well done. It yep. lived up to the hype. And, yeah, you know, I think a people tweeted out, everybody thought that match with Ricochet was awesome. You should have seen some of his stuff with Osprey. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love what Ricochet's doing so far. Like, I don't know, it, it's... When, when a guy comes in to WWE and NXT with so much hype, uh, but but then you know, and granted, Velveteen Dream is something special. Yeah, he, but like you know, he doesn't seem like he's got the ego about him. Like he's he's gonna go in there and he's gonna work with whoever he's paired with, and they're they're gonna do their best as a team uh, to to put on a hell of a match. And like it's it's cool. I like that. The um, Dream has no memory of that. 
Yeah. Both of these guys have so much potential. So yeah. much potential. Yeah. No, but you're right with Ricochet, though, 100%, by the way. I mean, I'm really surprised with the way he's handled it because they've kind of almost downplayed it a bit. You know, like, instead of making a really big deal about him being there, he's just got – he went right into this feud with Dream. And it's like it's almost like he's been there the whole time. Uh, and I feel sometimes, like, they do make too big of a deal about guys coming in. Yeah. They, like, if we know them, then let them have their moment, and it's cool. But for the most part, yeah, like, if we know them, then you don't really have to build them up, and you can just get them going, you know? And he's done a great job at acclimating it, acclimating to, like, WWE. He was not somebody that stood out to me as a single star when he was in New Japan. Um, so that, that, that was a concern of mine. You know, yeah. like that he was what he was doing in New Japan was kind of a concern of mine of how he would transition over to here. There's been a lot of, you know, he's been knocked for how he is on the mic and other things. So far, I'm impressed overall 100% with Trevor and everything he's been doing. And, and what they're doing is they're letting him, like this new audience with NXT is getting to get behind him for his ring work. Yeah. They're not relying on the, oh, well, he was the Lucha Underground champion and he you know, had these matches. Right. No, it was just, watch what he can do. And like we said, yeah. that flip outside of the ring to just jump in front of Dream, I feel like that's going to be a clip that's going to follow him for a while as yeah. a the moment type thing. That that was, To me, that's the moment he really arrived in WWE. Like before that, it was he was just a guy who was looking good in the ring. That's when he got, like, the character... I think, it, you know, it just kind of solidified where he was, who he was going to be there. Yeah. Wrestling's, was, about, wrestling's about moments, and that was a cool fucking moment. That was some yeah. ninja shit. Yeah. That was some <laughs> anime ninja shit, doing a flip outside of the ring, sticking it like that, and getting right in some dude's face and being like, what? And then Dream sold them like a motherfucking boss. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they made each other look really good here, and... Dream Dream looked amazing with him teasing him about him being the prince and all of this stuff, yeah. like all of that. The Prince Puma shit, everything that he did uh, to antagonize him online, everything about this was good, but it, it all culminated in a really good match between the two of them. Um, I was surprised with the way it went. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be as even as it was. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I thought Ricochet was going to kind of clean house with him and, and they did a great job of making him look good too. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, the point that I was making is just how, how even that he can put himself, you know, and, and a little bit of that is him, a little bit of that is the booking, but it all comes together very nicely. And I, I was actually about halfway through this match kind of going, Oh, they're, they're going to let dream pick up the, win here. I, I didn't think that they were going to... I thought they were going to use Ricochet to launch Dream to the next level type thing to, to move him up, but really they let Ricochet win, which I, it may be a good thing for Dream to let him have another few in the... You know, maybe maybe Ricochet goes up to do the you know NXT title, whereas Adam Cole and Dream can do something or Something along those lines. I know. I know it's face versus face and heel versus heel, but I think they're kind of positioned that way. 
Yeah, well, and we'll see. I, I obviously I haven't watched this week's, but I know like well this the, week this week's is always was that it, was it just that again? Yeah, well, because you knew what as soon as they said that Moro was going to be back in two weeks at the pay per view, uh, it's like oh I'm just skipping NXT this week. Got it. It's going to be one of those cards they always do. Well, the pre show, the yeah. pre show card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that said, like Champa has been active on Twitter calling out Alistair Black, and that is so. True. You know, maybe he's up next. Champa, Champa unfriended me from his fucking shoot Facebook page. And then I noticed he unfriended everybody that was a Mark-ass fan. We've all been unfriended by Champa. That is an amazing amount of commitment to character. <laughs> and then it's not. Like, it's it's so probably, like I was thinking about it, I'm like, it's probably so relieving for him to be able to just delete all of us from his Facebook page, but then have it all fall in line with his character, too. That son of a bitch. This is just Derek airing his grievances that he's no longer friends with Champa. No, I'm totally okay with it. It was just pictures of his Boston Terriers nonstop. Speaking of pets, how's Pocket doing, Derek? You son of a bitch. You don't bring that cat's name up in my presence. Do you understand me? Oh, goodness. Don't, disown, don't pretend like he's not yours, Derek. We all know. Not my house. <laughs> Hashtag uh, not my house. Yes, you, you guys want to talk about Ciampa Gargano? Yes. Yes, of course we do. <laughs> of course crap, we do. Man. All I wrote in my notes was holy crap. Um, Dude. Violent as fuck. I want to say this, though. I... Like my only my only knock on it was I felt like I was zoning out at times because of how yeah. long it went on for. I mean, maybe it was just because some of the spots where they did big violent spots were too like long and methodical in between. But man, that that's my only knock on it. But it was perfect, and the ending got me right back into it, and everything that happened, uh, you know, it was it was great. But there was times in this where. I don't know if it's because this feud has extended too long. I don't feel like I'm done with it. I just felt like during this match, uh, my my attention was was waning. Yeah, I I think that was a, a factor of the length of the match. I, I think they, they did a great job at just it's hard to hold attention that long. I, I you know we're kind of the ADD generation. Yeah. Where if the match is going on that long and it's not spot to spot to spot to spot. You kind of look, you go check Twitter, you go, you go zone off to something else and just... You go play muscle hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I personally don't mind that. I mean, that's how all the big New Japan matches go. You know, the the beginning, there's some good stuff, but then after a little while, it kind of settles in and it's like a slow build up to that big climax. Yeah, but we take a nap during some of those. Very true, literally. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> this is the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. I'm gonna set an alarm for 20 minutes, wake me up, and then I'll watch the rest. Perfect. Yeah. It's gonna be 45 easily. Yeah. But I do have one thing to say about this match. Can we stop pretending that there is a difference between hardcore matches and street fights, other than whether or not you wear pants? Yeah. That, that 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 is the difference, and it's like. I guess it's a street fight. Can we not do the jeans thing? Like, can, can we just do something else? Like, that's literally the only yeah. difference. Yeah, well, it's it, hardcore makes it seem like that, that take, takes a little bit back to ECW versus calling it a street fight. Like, if something's called a fight, okay, it's fine. a little different. Call it a street fight. We don't need the fucking jeans. Like, I, I need the jeans. 
But then how are you going to show off your calves? No, I'm just saying. I, I just like that no, that's Josh, the differentiator. No, Josh won't wear jeans. Josh will be in the crowd in, in short shorts. But we're talking about the competitors that will be fighting each other. Yes. They have to protect the <laughs> bottom half of them against debris that could fall off from things being smashed. The exact that. same thing that you're complaining about, Jared, is why I love it. Because it's ridiculous. That's yep. why. Just like uh, back rakes and Alabama slams. Yes. Uh... Um, I will say this. Just a, a proud moment for me uh, was when I was watching this with my daughter and that opening part came on where Candace came out and handed Johnny the broken yes. crutch. And uh, my daughter was all like, who's that? And I was like, it's Candace LeRae. And she goes, is that the girl you made the t-shirt for? And I was like, yeah. And then, like, she watched the thing, and then after, like, the segment, like, switched over, she just was, like, staring at the TV with, like, stars in her eyes. And she was like, she's so cool. And I was like, I I know. I know. Is, is it she? <laughs> but it was, like, such a proud moment for me. I was like, yep. And I designed a shirt for her. Your father did. Me. I did that. Pro wrestling is shaping, you know, your your daughter. I'm I'm curious to see what that's going to turn into. <laughs> the only problem is Derek's going to need a crutch at some point, and Willie's just going to grab it from him and hit him in the knee with it. <laughs> that's, that's coming at some that's, point. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because she still doesn't really. I don't know. Like I I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I mean I've seen other kids actually watch it, and I definitely don't see her doing that. But she's, like, in the room doing stuff when I'm watching it, and she absorbs certain, like, things. Like, she hates Tommaso Ciampa. Hates him. <laughs> she fucking hates him. Like, she was, like, slamming pens around and shit while she was coloring after the match was over, and he was doing his little bye-bye thing and all of that. Oh, <laughs> wow. You know? But that's that's the beautiful thing about someone like Ciampa. He gets it. He is a pure blood heel, and we need more of it. Totally. You know, he just everything about him, he just gets it 100%, and he's thriving. It's crazy because the whole time he was a face, none of it made any sense to me, and now every bit of it makes all the sense to exactly. me in the world. It was, it was worth it. It really was. The ride was totally worth it, Yeah. especially where we're at right now with him as a character. So, sort of related, this Sunday we're going to have Evolve 107, uh, Adam Cole defending the NXT North American Championship against Walter. Walter! Uh, Dicks out for ring comp. Protect your fucking chest, Adam Cole. He is coming for your fucking, what is it, Josh? Is it the, it's the right peck. It's your right peck. It's your entire fuck. Have you seen Walter's fucking game? It's your entire fucking chest. But it starts on the right side, so the right side gets the brunt of it, yes. Oh my god. He, he mixes it up. Uh, he'll, he'll even it out. He will, a little bit, but it's. He oh, murdered man. Sammy Guevara right before our very eyes. That boy is dead. I, I, all I think of with Walter's shops is PCO's chest at Janela's spring break. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, congratulations to PCO. Fucking Bola. Woo! Dude, Jean-Pierre Lafitte from the 1990s WWF, the pirate, the guy who is one of the Quebecers. Uh, He's still relevant in 2018, and he's the first entrant to Bola. And he earned it. It, Wow. What a crazy year that guy's had. And it's so amazing to me because I was describing him when I was describing, like, how anybody can come back 
to a coworker who knows nothing about wrestling. And I wasn't telling them details, but I was just saying how like this person was in WWF, you know, in the nineties. And here he is like just out of nowhere, just having one last run at his career and just thriving. Yeah. Right. And everyone's booking him for all the big shows. He's also been booked for King of Trios. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, so he'll be in a team with Katie Lee, Birchall, and uh, some other pirate. Type oh yeah, of yeah, character. The pi- yeah, the pirate, pirate yes, group. Yes, I, I, I hope I, he dons the pirate gear for that too. That'd be fantastic. Oh, he's going to, according to the <laughs> King of Trios, like oh, the yes. picture that they did. Yes, um, and I, I'm just interested to see how soon until WWE like could, you know, gets him back. <laughs> Um, uh, they give a little I, side I, eye there, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure that's going to happen just because I'm not going to bet on him passing a drug test. That would be a valid, valid yeah. concern, Jerry. Yeah. I, I, I am very happy for all the success he's having. That one may not not happen. Well, I, I'll tell you this much. I, with them running out of people to put in the Hall of Fame, I would at least say that this run puts them in enough people's minds that I wouldn't be surprised that eventually they get down to being like, all right, you two. Yeah. I mean, he's earned it. He, he has had such buzz. And he's been doing amazing things in his matches. And the crazy fucking promos he's doing, like... Oh, I love Destro. Yeah, Destro. The fucking thing with the nail and the nose, like... Everything about him doesn't make any sense, and I love it. Yeah. The stuff that he does, the fact that he can do a Canadian Destroyer at his age, his size, none of that makes any sense, but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, God bless him. Yeah. So we went on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, Last thing before we get to all the WWE stuff, uh, like WWE main roster stuff, I should say. Uh, next Monday and Tuesday at about lunchtime here on the West Coast, mid-afternoon for the East Coasters, prime time in the UK, that is. Uh, they're doing the the United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Monday, they're doing the tournament itself. Tuesday is a series of championship matches, including some new titles, some NXT titles, all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, the only downside is it's all been recorded, and don't go near Wikipedia. That's my warning to everybody out there. Don't go near Dopey's Twitter. And don't, yeah, I, I guess just, like, don't even go online. I don't know. It, it's kind of shitty because, like, I've already seen, I've seen one spoiler. I've managed to avoid everything else. But that one spoiler came directly from WWE. Um, and, and it wasn't I, I, a... I it, just saw one it, right yeah, now. And, yeah, it's and not... It was, don't it was say big. it. Don't say anything. No, just no, in case no, somebody not, out there is managing big. to avoid it. But, like, when when they come out and they, they don't say big news from tapings, blah, spoilers, don't click if you don't want spoilers. Like, if they did something like that, cool. But, no, they're, like, putting in the headline and putting it on Twitter, hey, this big thing happened. Well, why? Why? What? Like, with, a, with a picture of the big thing happening, uh, too. So, uh, even if you're trying to avoid the words, you're like, hey, what is that person doing with that? Th- oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, come on, WWE. I, I put a tweet out there earlier, and it's gotten a little bit of traction. Um, more traction than most of my tweets do. So, um, it definitely resonates with the fan base. Knock that shit off, WWE. You, you, you want to you tape stuff ahead of time, it's fine. You want to you talk about it, it's fine. Put spoiler tags everywhere. Don't, don't spoil it directly on Twitter, directly on Facebook, Instagram. 
Um, we should not be able to see who winners of matches are or even who's in matches at that point because, you know, there's a tournament involved, so there's a lot of question marks heading into it. Um, luckily for me, I, I only, only had one part of it spoiled, so I think I'll still be able to enjoy it, but I don't know. There's plenty of time between now and then that they could just break everything else, and Lord knows maybe they'll even spoil something during Raw. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, the best way I can describe it was the difference of enjoyment that I got out of Money in the Bank because yeah. I watched it way after the fact. I watched it uh, yesterday, and part of the problem was I was trying my best to avoid as much as I could, and I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Nothing was spoiled for me except one picture of Alexa Bliss at the show holding the championship and, and all I needed to see was her holding the championship to know the outcome sure. of both of those matches that instantly like I didn't even let my like I didn't even try to think about it I didn't even sit there and go hmm how did Alexa Bliss hold no I fucking saw a picture of her with it and instantly my brain was like oh she must have won the money in the bank title and then cashed it at the same time yeah I mean that's the only explanation so <laughs> right you know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying, though. But, like, but even that, that's... Instantaneously, and it, it, even though that that was one of my favorite moments of the weekend as well, I thought the way that that uh, played out, I, I, I enjoyed the women's match, I enjoyed the championship match, I enjoyed the way Alexa interfered, totally. but it did lose that sense of of excitement that I would have gotten by not knowing that was going to happen. And, and in you know this particular I mean? case, that's on you. Um, no, totally. But, I'm not saying that, but yeah, I, I, it's, I, my, it's my example <laughs> of then versus me standing up at my desk cheering for Braun Strowman and not yeah. caring about my coworkers hearing me fucking act like an idiot. Uh, it's, it's, it's a difference, you know, like it was such a feeling of, of joy and excitement and, I legitimately had no clue. Even though I saw somebody complaining about how sick they already were of the monster in the bank tagline, I I didn't put two to two together based on that. I was just thinking they were talking about it in general. You, uh, you, you didn't? No, I didn't because I just saw it. And again, I was trying my best to avoid that stuff. That's what I mean about the Alexa Bliss picture. It's yeah. not even like I saw it and tried to read the text around it or tried to like mentally decipher. It was just I saw it and in an instant I knew both of the outcomes of the, of the matches. You know, And you're right. It is on me. I'm just, again, I'm just trying to say there's a big difference in, in the enjoyment of wrestling when you know the outcome ahead of time and then it plays out before your eyes versus – not knowing and and having that excitement of the of the you know of of the mystery yeah. especially when cool shit like that happens you know it's rare that they have cool things like that happen so to have it ruined it kind of sucks you know yeah it, 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 even though i really really enjoyed it so I that's really enjoyed it. yeah that 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 brings us then to to well, money in the bank and well, we did miss one match on that takeover i i, I do want to talk about just the finish of the Shayna Baszler Nikki Cross match, okay, just because I thought that was fantastic that Nikki just kind of gave in and just started smiling as she so went great. out. So great! I, yeah, I thought that was just an awesome character moment to just go, ah, okay. Well, and Nikki had so many good moments during that match yeah. too. Like she really did. She's just a standout, and that yeah. you're right uh, again. 
it's it's that kind of imagery that will like follow her around now forever and support what she is as a character going forward. You know, yeah. it's it, it was very cool. Yeah. Even though the match was so so. Uh, it's kind of like the other championship match with with Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. I mean, I don't know if it was Sprung calling him Trash Sullivan so much that made this go the way it did, but I feel like that's who I should blame. I, I, I did not. Yeah, like let's bring Sprung. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't like the story they told with this match. I didn't no. like a lot about it. I don't like Lars as a character being pushed like that because it's boring and lame. Yep. I, I totally agree on that match. That match was a stinker. So, but but somehow it was still fun. I don't yeah. know why. It still yeah. was. Yeah, I, I didn't hate myself while watching it. It was like, oh, nope. all right. Nope. It's, it, it was entertaining. It enough. was better than a lot of the shit we have to suffer through on Raw and SmackDown. I'll give yeah, it that. Exactly. exactly. And that's kind of everything that was on that NXT TakeOver card. Even the bad stuff was still pretty good. Even the stuff that you're like... And that was mediocre, because I think that's the lowest anything on that card went, was mediocre. Yeah. But a really right. fun show. Yeah. Really fun show. Yeah. yeah. Now let's get into the main roster stuff, Jack. Sorry, I, want, I just want to go back, because I had to talk about no, that that's cool. Nikki moment. Yeah. That that whole thing confused me, personally. Um, what? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what story they're telling, but it's one of uh, those, we'll see. The, um, the story is she loves pain, and she loves it if you give it to her. She likes uh, being choked a little bit. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> um, that said, uh, Money in the Bank, uh, I would say overall the highlight for me personally was exactly what you're talking about, being spoiled. Um, I didn't actually see the Women's Money in the Bank match. The, this show started so freaking early, 4 o'clock here in, on the West Coast. Um, I, I didn't jump on until probably like 5.30 myself. But uh, the Alexa Bliss winning the Money in the Bank match. Um, at, what, what was your What did you guys take on the Money in the Bank match itself? The way that that played out. I thought they did a good job with that match. I thought they were taking some good bumps. I thought Lana was more impressive than I expected her to be in that match. Yes, yes, she was um, absolutely. I I still think with where they went with it, I still think storyline and everything they've done, Natalia made more sense than Alexa. I, I like Alexa as a champ. I like her winning it and cashing in the same night. It fits her to just be that opportunist. I think it made more sense with not with Naya and Ronda for it to have been Natalia. If if everything, especially the way everything played out on Raw, yep, uh, that would have been so much more impactful. But at the same time, too, it, it allows them to do that at a later time and it gets Rhonda, you know, uh, free. Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, cause if they were going to suspend Rhonda for 30 days, that's still going to allow them to do that at a later time. So I, I don't know what their intention is with the whole Natalia Rhonda thing. I guess I liked yeah. this because it was it, the, the natty natty would have been predictable. And this was so out of nowhere, you know, Yeah, that, that... I, I dug that. And that then, is true, but yeah, and this this gives them an opportunity then to take Ronda out and essentially have two major ish storylines going at some point. Um, you know, Ronda's there, but you know, I, I don't know. I, is I, she filming something this month? Is I don't. She I don't know. Promoting I'm, the movie. I'm just anticipating that that you know they could still go and do something with the Natalia route, while in the meantime tell the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax story because. 
there's, there's definitely still some legs to that. Well, I, I think the it's decently obvious. It's that it's going to be Nia wants a rematch with Alexa. Natalia's going to cost Nia. SummerSlam is going to be Nia Natalia and Ronda Alexa. Ah, I don't know about all that, but we'll see. Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it played out. It could play out that way, but I don't know. Whether that's a tag team matchup or it's singles matches, I feel like what else is Raw going to give us to the SummerSlam card for the women's side? I don't know, but I want to talk about how much I loved Ronda on Raw because oh, that, God, was that was awesome. awesome. Wait, wait, before, um, before we get to Raw, let's talk about the match with Nia, which was oh, yeah, very yeah. good in, in it and was. of itself. Yeah. It, it started off slow, but yeah. again, it had that nice build to it where I thought it was going to be boring. And then once it started to pick up, I I, I was in it. I was, yeah. I was invested. And Ronda is proving she can wrestle in a, in a match. Like, I yeah. thought there was going to be, with the two of them, like, Nia's not known for carrying, Nia's not known for carrying a match, and Ronda's very green. That was her first singles match. That didn't look like that. No. 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 Who, whoever the agent was for that match deserves a lot of credit, because it was well laid out. Yeah. In the, how they were going to handle it. Yeah. Her punches came off as being a little hokey at first, yeah. and then they just really started connecting, where... Yeah. I, I think they were stinging Nia a little bit because it, they should. It, it looked like they were, you know what I mean? Like it was, but it was, it was the whole thing. The finish played out so well. Uh, I loved the cash in. I loved when it came in. It really felt like it was right then at that point where, you know, Ronda was about to win. It felt, it felt like it was going to happen. You know? Yeah. It, it gives you that Ronda's still legit. Didn't need to win the title in her first match. Yep. Not it took basically two people to take you know Nia out more or less, and you get Alexa in there, and it, it it worked out well, and it exceeded all expectations I had for the match. Yeah, for- I, I and 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 the reason why I'm so excited to talk about her on Raw was because what she did on Raw far exceeded my expectations of what she was capable of. Yeah. I know that we've seen uh, her kind of have cool moments like that in the Steph Triple H feud, but man, I don't even know of a guy on the roster that could come out with that sincerity of a badass attitude and pull it off the way that she did. She came out and it was so badass, you know? Yeah, there was a couple of times where some of the stuff she looked like she was doing was, you know a little dumb because she was holding up so much and some of the briefcase shots or whatever, but just that whole thing. Oh, and by the way, she power bombed little Alexa right onto the microphone. Oh, that looked painful. Oh God, that looked painful. Yep. So, uh, she still has stuff to learn when it comes to that, (laughs) but damn man. I mean, I just, I loved everything about that, that, that segment. I really, really did. Even with that microphone thing, that's a bigger problem with setup because that microphone, like she yeah, had, put her pretty much yeah. center through the table. That wasn't something where she didn't put her in the right place. That was the microphone no, wasn't the microphone where it was in the wrong place. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. And, and so, it, but yeah, that whole segment was just like, oh, I like this, and and just her using like legit judo on angle. Yeah, like it was. It was so cool. 
It yeah, was he, all just so cool. Even, I mean, there was there was some flubs backstage when they did the backstage segment a little bit. But even that, even the backstage stuff was, was you know, cool. I thought she was going to kick fucking Renee's ass for a second. Hell yeah. All of that, all of that was just so badass. By the yeah. way, Renee with the bun. Renee with, you know what I mean? <laughs> Renee with the bun, you guys. Okay. Woof. So and, so you said you, you don't even know of like a guy who could come out there with that type of presence and the the thing that that I'm getting off of Rap Rousey is is like a Brock Lesnar type of feel. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Or or per- potentially, but I mean yeah. like for like what's going on right now, her her matches feel a little different. There's a little bit of real fight feel sprinkled in throughout, which is a thing we get with Lesnar. And then just the whole tirade she went on on Monday, it just reminded me of a Lesnar type thing, which is why I was half expecting her to, to punch Renee on her way out. Um, you know, she she's definitely a different person, and that's why she carried herself a little bit differently and didn't do that. But um, yeah, I mean, and the stuff with Kurt Angle, my God, it was just so good, so good. Well, I'm I'm impressed, man. I'm yeah. impressed. It was smart utilization of her. It was allowing her to shine in the areas where she has has already shined you know like the, during a couple of those press conference things and stuff she did with triple h and stuff she she had this same badass flair but it was peppered in with her also being uh you know acting nonchalant and normal and other things that kind of overshadowed how how cool she was in the moment this was just her from the moment she came out being like nope i'm here to kick that bitch's ass out of my way angle you know like that whole thing and then following through with it you know how many times do we see guys come out to get each other's face and angle gets in their way and then all of a sudden they just both stop like that was great i love the fact that she was like nope this is happening right now you go mm-hmm. learn today you go learn today <laughs> and what was great is i'm pretty sure she uh, uh who's bad now bitch or something like that at, at alexa yes, yes. or who's tough now it was like oh okay I, I'm not a great lip reader, but that came across pretty clear right there. Uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, the the men's Money in the Bank picture, though. Um, we talked a little bit about Braun Strowman earlier. And overall, I, I, don't, I don't hate Strowman having the Money in the Bank. Um, I think it'll be a little interesting to see how they tell the story without it getting cheesy um as far as him holding on to it for too long because he seems like the type of guy who should just be like i want to cash this in right now why can't i do it right now um i just think of all the trouble someone like him has already going through tsa oh gosh and yeah. now he has to carry that briefcase with him everywhere he goes that's gotta be kind of a rib that's amazing um but are, are, are we are we happy with that as opposed to some of the other options or yes yes yeah yes it yeah. was the option I wanted the most and expected the least. Yeah, yep. definitely expected the well, least. Well, no, Rude was probably the one I expected the least. <laughs> Fair. Honestly, I don't even Go know feet. if that's the case. I don't even know if that's the case. It, it would have surprised me, but I don't know because I was so just completely convinced it wasn't going to be Braun that I was like, I was thinking about who it was going to be. Obviously, in my head, it was Samoa Joe or Finn Balor. Um but I had Kevin, but yeah, Kevin too. Same. Um, but I mean, outside of that, man, I I didn't expect any of them really to win it. So, 
uh, it was a, a pleasant, pleasant surprise. I'm excited for it. I think Braun deserves it yeah. is really what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I think of wrestling now in two ways, the entertainment value of the, my favorite TV show, as well as these guys as people that earn these opportunities. And, and he has earned it. He has definitely earned it. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to see him be champion. And that's what I feel like that immediately means is him having that briefcase means he's an immediate champion. Maybe they do something different. Maybe he gets screwed out of it in some way because that would be an appropriate story to tell with someone of his size and everything. That's, that's an inevitable shoe in to win the championship with that briefcase. I, I, I guess, you know, him holding on to it for a while is essentially because, Hey, the champion's not here. So you can't really cash in and the champion's not going to be here for a while. So, right. <laughs> and, and again, they always try. They, it's like, it's kind of like that, that greatest Royal rumble belt and, you know, yeah. airing him with the kid. It's like, they're always trying to give Braun some sort of title. You know, and, and have him be be recognized as a champion. They're they're keeping him on deck for quite a while here, and, right? And it's apparent, and it's okay because you know it'll it'll turn into something, and it'll be a cool moment. Yep. Um. I think the other thing I wanted to point out in that match, overall, pretty fun match. Um, when the new day came out, and Kofi Kingston was the the entrant, we're like, oh boy, Kofi's gonna do something. Uh, I don't know if he really did, but. Uh, he he was definitely a, a decent addition to that match. Not nothing spectacular like you would expect him to do. I, I mean, more of it came from like Kevin Owens. Yeah, I yeah. think when Kofi was certainly one. I like at Josh and said, "Oh no, he's gonna die." Yeah. Like I figured he was getting like slammed by Braun off the top of the ladder or something like that. Yeah. But he, yeah, little did we know it'd be Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um. So, with the other championship picture, uh, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, last man standing. Um, I don't know. Overall, I, I seem like this is a decent match, but... Uh, Did not like the outcome. Did long, like yeah, long-term implications. Like, like I, I don't understand what they're doing with Shinsuke. What? Yeah, why, why have three matches between the two of them? And, and, and AJ go over every single time? Yeah, like... Are you trying to just make AJ look super strong for something? But who else like, is like the cover of a video game? I, I, I honestly think, <laughs> yeah, you know, I honestly think that was it. Is that had the video game announcement been the week before? Like it was just the timing. I think they, I, think it was one of those. They just booked themselves into bad timing. Where, well, we can't take it off of him now. He's going to be revealed tomorrow as the cover boy, or he was revealed last week as the cover boy. Like, again, this whole feud has just been disappointed as far as the in-ring stuff goes. You know, the end of the WrestleMania match, it was like, okay, Nakamura went heel, but the match was underwhelming. Though, what was it? What was the one after? It was Extreme Rules? No. What, what did we do? Backlash. Backlash. Again, didn't do anything for me. Yeah. They, we know they are fully capable of a great match without gimmicks. And the problem was is too many gimmicks, too much, you know, nutshot bullshit. And there was, there was a decent amount of gimmicks and nutshot and stuff this with this particular yeah. match. But I still think this one delivered pretty well. I thought that this was their best one thus far. In it was, and I was still disappointed. Because it's 
Because it's not what I know they can do. Yeah. It's not the outcome wasn't good. Like this... three three losses after win, winning the Royal Rumble. Three pay per view losses after winning the Royal Rumble is just the fuck. Yeah. The I, I don't understand what what they're doing right now. The the only thing I can tell myself is these two are gonna face each other again at some point. But this this storyline for now has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. I see them giving him the United States title. Sure. <laughs> who who doesn't Jeff Hardy have that? I was gonna say who's the United States champion right now? Right. Oh my gosh, Jeff Hardy. Um, what do we think of Impact Jeff Hardy coming back? I like that. I thought that was one of his better promos. And yeah, I mean, it's nothing spectacular, but it's like okay. Yeah, I think I think he delivered that well. Um, it's a it's an interesting look, which is something that a lot of WWE fans who avoided Impact all those years may have missed. Um, so it's I guess it's not the worst thing. I always hated him during that time, and arguably a lot of that. I don't know. I. I'm not. I'm personally not sold on it, and maybe that's just because I'm. I'm left with the the impact stigma. Well, ju- just remember, as the WWE, the excellent WWE twenty four showed us, he was fucking high and drunk as a high as a kite and fucking yeah. drunk on his ass. Yeah, and that's that, and maybe that's what where I'm stuck is because I'm I'm just remembering that type of thing. But however, you know, if he goes down, you know down a certain path of this type of character, but he's actually got his shit together in, in, in real life, uh, that, that could make a big difference. And maybe a little better writing and booking. Yes. I don't <laughs> want to give WWE too much credit here, but... Well, he is on SmackDown, so that's, yeah, that's a plus. He's on SmackDown, and I think in TNA he may have been able to have too much control. Oh, uh, you never know. He might bring back Willow! Stop. Or this is, this uh, thing. Reed. Itchweed's even better than Willow. Jeez. Now, this this character of Jeff Hardy with the, the crazy-ass face paint, I think it's about as far as they're going to go with that type of thing. And I think it's okay. It, it's, it can work. And he's done face the face paint stuff in the WWE before, so it's not like that's a... Yeah. But what about Willow? Stop it. By the way, check out that, doc, that WWE 24... They did stuff, they put stuff in there, and I'm like, oh, we're, we're really going to talk about this. Oh, okay then. Like, the footage of Bischoff coming out and changing the match in TNA, where they had Bischoff's audio, yeah, I was like, that's good. oh, man. Oh, TNA, not, not only did they use TNA footage, TNA gave them that footage? Like, wow. well, that that um, is... Something. So I, I yeah. have this on That's my. That's what Dixie Carter was doing with the with the WWE. I have this on my watch list, but I, I, there's a good chance I'm going to watch this tomorrow. It, it's worth it. Okay. Um, the other uh, the other major championship on SmackDown. Let's talk about James Ellsworth for a second. <laughs> um. So I guess you had some inclination that this was happening, Jared. I yes. had no idea. I was like, who the hell is this wearing this getup? Um, it was creepy. It was weird. Obviously, that was the point. It threw off Asuka. Um, and just enough that, you know, it wasn't like blatant interference or anything. It was Asuka allowing herself to become oh. distracted. Although Asuka just, 
My problem with that finish was Oscar just stood there and stared at the fake Oscar for a long time. Like, the character Oscar should have just run over there, kicked the fake Oscar, and then gone back to the match. You, they, there was, like, a, a too long of a period of her yeah. being distracted by it. It was like, a little long. Yeah. Like, is it my sister? Yeah. And yes, I, I did know that it was that Ellsworth was coming last week. That's why I called shenanigans. Yeah, um, he pulled out of a major booking. Yeah, that's that's what I had heard and went okay. And it was also why I was really excited. Brian was joining us for the pay per view <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, and and after seeing Ellsworth in New Orleans, like kudos to him. And and like I, I listened to a Stone Cold podcast. Like I'm I'm happy for the guy for being yeah. back in that position. Um, and as far as Carmella goes, like she's really getting into her groove. I'm I'm actually kind of happy to see her retain that title for a while. So I think this is all for the best. I dig it. Um, over. I'm just jumping back and forth as far as like what the most relevant stuff was from Money in the Bank. Uh, Seth Rollins retaining against Elias. I don't think there's any real surprise there. But that was a um, good match. Yeah. Um, the surprise was the next night. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is decent match there rolled right into the next night and a huge moment uh, with Dolph Ziggler answering the challenge and winning. You know, again, kind foolish. of foolish, Seth. Foolish. Yeah, I got excited though. It was a great moment. The minute he excited to, or like said he was gonna do a open challenge, I felt like the. The mix was there for him to lose it. I mean, you yeah. thought it was going to be Drew for a bit there, didn't you? No, I thought it was going to be Elias coming back out and winning yeah. it for some reason. No, I just mean, like, when they played both of their music and you're like, oh, what? They're both coming know, out? You know I thought it was Drew. <laughs> you know I was beside myself with excitement. Uh, I really wanted it to be Drew, but I actually think they're going to set up for a Ziggler-Drew. Oh, man, you should have oh. been here. I was all yelling, like, go get yourself some gold, boy. I'm sure. I I like what you just said, Jared. So, like, right now, this is, to me, this is probably Dolph Ziggler's most relevant moment since, like, cashing in the money in the bank some years ago. It was, like, five years ago, I think, at this point. Um, And, you know, he's had some moments since then. But for the most part, he's just been kind of the workhorse and don't give a shit, fast forward, whatever. Uh, you know, he's now relevant with Drew, and, and I like the idea of this kind of being like a reverse Sheamus and Cesaro, where they start together, and then eventually they turn into this bitter, heated rivalry. Those two guys together, holy crap. Those, those matches hashtag. could be a lot of fun. That, and the other part here is it frees Rollins up to go to the main event level. And yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked and if he gets into that match... Extreme Rules for the shot at Brock, and then until SummerSlam, it's Seth and Roman trying to figure out who's the number one contender. Mm. Some shenanigans at the end yeah. of that match, and both yeah. of them are in play, and yeah, mm. so, something like that. Or it, it would it would keep Roman uh, relevant to me, and then they wouldn't have to bring in Brock too much early yeah. on. And Seth has been the best thing on Raw consistently for, sure. for a while yeah. now. So I think you you need that. And I, I, really, I like Ziggler having the belt and then, you know, Drew playing bodyguard for a little bit until things go sideways. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel a need to address the non-title matches from Money in the Bank. Uh, 
I really just don't. <laughs> we already talked about Cass. Uh, the Bye-bye. Huh? Bye-bye. Yeah. Daniel Bryan whipped his ass out of the WWE. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I was a little bit disappointed to hear was that the SmackDown Tag Team Championship was relegated to the pre-show. Uh, it won't be next show. Bludgeon Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. Um, why do you say that? Because they beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan on Tuesday. He gonna call Kane. He gonna call Kane. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. He gonna call Kane, Josh. Isn't Kane in the in the middle of a campaign? He's all but won it. He's, he's I mean, he's, he's it's, won it's, it. he won the primary in like a deep red area. It's, it's. Oh. That's deep red. Big red area. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay, so it's one. Of, okay, so they don't have an open primary there. He's going up against a Democrat that has no chance. In hell. Okay. Bingo. <laughs> well, then I Bingo. guess he's free. So, so, so I, I think. It, Allow me to be the first to welcome Kane to the mayorship of mayors. Oh, or man, the international yeah. community of mayors, right? Isn't that? It's it's the it's the international house of mayors, is what it is. I hum. It's the IHOM. Alright. That sounds like a totally different thing. <laughs> I, I, I just, so I've only had a few hours to take this in since I watched SmackDown this afternoon, but I did not even consider that as a possibility, and you guys have got me excited. Team that's, Friendship Returns, motherfucker! Oh my gosh, that's fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. And, that's, and that's a good way to, like, you know, not have to, like, push Daniel Bryan to the top and, you know, give him something fun to do for a while. I, I like that. Oh, I'm giddy about it. I'm giddy about it. Yeah. Give them the tag. Well, I mean, who else could beat them at this point? The Bludgeons, they're too powerful. They yeah. need to brought down a pig. And that's the thing. Like, Anderson and Gallows, like, I, I, I said it was a shame because of that match, and then they had a return match on SmackDown. Like, if you give those guys, like, 15 to 20 minutes to put a match on, like, they could have an amazing match. There was some really good chemistry going on there. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I guess we'll never really see it, though. Yep. Well, we had a good. We had the match uh, replayed on SmackDown. So well, that's what I mean. Like we we, yeah. we had that, and we had at least a little bit of that. You know, they it, it was meant to be the Bludgeons winning pretty decisively, and you know, yeah, maybe a couple of close-ish calls, but you never you never got to the point where you're questioning it. You know, I that's, just, that's the point we like to get. I just loved how. Even though they haven't made their motivations known, how excited I got that the Bludgeons attacked Daniel Bryan because all of a sudden their history, you know, of Daniel Bryan being the fake Wyatt family member and all of that, all came flooding back to me. And I was very excited about just the fact that there's some continuity there to storylines that have existed in the past. I <laughs> hope that's why they did it. And I hope it's not just some random stupid bullshit reason. Yeah. Speaking of Wyatt, for two seconds. The B team doing the Dude. Matt Hardy brain, fantastic. Yeah, that that was just incredible yes. and so great. My favorite thing is that when we were watching it, it came you know like they panned over to Bo, and I started laughing, and my wife was watching it, and she just says to me in a dead ass face, she's like, "I don't know who that guy is, but he looks exactly like," <laughs> and I was like, "That's Bo." And she's like, oh. And then she looked at me like, why is that relevant? Like, I'm like, 
they're brothers. That's his brother. They're real <laughs> brothers. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. that explains why they look alike. And he oh. had the voice down perfectly. Oh, it was so great. He had the voice down, and it was really surreal to see, like, the same facial features behind the big, ridiculous fake beard yeah. instead of real Bray Wyatt. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that was amazing. I love that moment. Totally. That was my favorite moment from Raw, I think, next to Ronda. Well, like, what's funny about that is my personal reaction was the minute that they showed Curtis Axel doing, you know, the the Matt Hardy, I was kind of, like, grown. And then they panned over to Bo, and I was, like, instantly, like, went from, like, yawn to, this is the greatest fucking thing ever. (laughs) Oh, my God. Exactly. Agree with you 100%. Sorry for that little detour, but I had no, to that I, in. While we were talking about Wyatt Family and stuff. That totally, was... totally. It's all good. Um, Wyatt, Wyatt Family are kind of stuck in the mud. I'm surprised that all the creative juices are flowing towards the B team and not in any way, shape, or form towards what the the eaters of worlds are, the are doing. The eaters of worlds. Yeah. It's it's a shame, really. Like, the, the whole... I don't know. I, I feel like... The pairing with with Bray Wyatt and giving them the titles has has kind of taken the the air out of broken slash woken Matt Hardy. Um, and it had such a great moment at Mania with the uh, win in the Battle Royal. Yeah, like, yeah. There was all the momentum in the world behind it. Yeah. Well, it's it just looks- it's a lack of doing anything with it. They think they can just send them out to do their one lines and their shtick. You know, and that's it. It's like, no, that's not why either of these guys were interesting. It was all the weird other shit that yeah. they were doing, especially not in the ring, that made them interesting. It wasn't the, the actual. You know, it was the actual stories they were telling with it. Now it's just, oh yeah, we got we got Bray and Matt together, and they laugh go, go a lot. Do your thing. Go do your thing out do, there. Go, they do, the go thing. do the delete, and yeah. then you'd say, you know, something weird. And, that's and what it's also, WWE has ignored their tag divisions for a while now, so that's... <sighs> yeah, that's it, well, that's that's a thing that kind of goes in cycles, I guess. Multiple cycles throughout a year, even. Um, well, and that's what's interesting about going back to the Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. little promo thing that he did. You can see the creative juices from jeff hardy you know what i mean you can see the influence from him and you can see the you know the writing staff just letting him kind of do the thing that he wants to do that's true you know when they when they bring him back around gimmicks like that that they've kind of had in their pocket for years you can tell that's something that they want to be part of their character and you know especially with like kids and shit face paint is awesome and there's no reason not to allow someone to want to do something like that especially if it's different and unique and whatever you know but the problem now with with matt and and bray is it doesn't seem like it's that anymore it just seems like it's a you know kind of a dead in the water kind of gimmick it's just it's, it, it is what it is they they do the thing they, they do the delete thing and the the other thing you know yeah. that's 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 not great you know yeah, I, I applaud like the new day, you know, for for constantly changing shit up. And again, once again, it's it's probably the creative input from them directly, you know, wanting to do stuff and creative over there on SmackDown, letting them do whatever weird ass thing that they want to do. You know, you want to bring in a dude and call him Mr. Buttersworth? 
sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Do we have Mr. to hire somebody? Mr. Booty's worth. Mr. Booty's worth. Can we use somebody from production staff that's already on stunt? Okay, cool. Give Fix him a monocle stuff. and a top yeah. hat? Of course. Yeah, why wouldn't we want to do that? Hmm. <clears throat> um. <laughs> so I guess we kind of have to talk about this, but uh, the Bailey and Sasha Banks rivalry is seems to be coming to a head. Um, I don't personally mind that they're going that direction, but my God, the execution! Uh, they they had a they had a conversation prior to their match. Um, just the. It was one of those conversations where it just felt forced and weird, like they were just trying to remember their lines. Neither of them are good enough actresses to pull off what they so try to pull bad. off. bad. Like, that was that was Impact Wrestling level acting. Horrible. Um, and then the post-match altercation, like, I was almost kind of okay with that until I think it was Sasha uh, threw at Bailey like, a stack of red Solo cups. I was like, really? That's what? Okay. That yeah. was like that was like the final word was her throwing solo cups at her. Yeah. <sighs> Not great. Not the heat that you expected. Also, uh about a year and a half too late on this shit. Yep. Yeah. That's the main thing. And then it still wasn't like even after had they just stopped after they had their brawl backstage it was like, okay, now this has some heat. It would have been fine. Then they had to do that stupid fucking parking lot scene for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah. It's like are you guys trying to like play out like weeks worth of storylines in an hour? Like it was, fuck. It was all so rough. Like I, I almost wish that they had like spent some time recording that stuff like backstage at Money in the Bank and then just like faking it, but like doing it so they can actually get the shots right and get like I don't know a little bit of critique on the acting and like just okay, film it earlier in the day you didn't have to do it the day before well like, that yeah I mean everything except for the, the car leaving everything else could have been earlier in the day take however many shots you need but they probably did it live and then uh, why fuck it we'll do it live uh, when, when they know somebody doesn't have the acting chops they 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 should do what they can to limit their weaknesses. I mean, that's that's a lot of times what they do. They, they focus on the strengths of people. Here, here's a simple thing. You didn't need the pre-match promo. No. You just needed it to go down in the ring. Yep. And then the backstage brawl, that was it. That's all you needed for yeah, one you, night. Yeah, I guess you didn't really need you, the exchanges. Yep, you, you had too much bullshit. Yeah. You just needed, you know, if you wanted to have the exchange pre-match, just... 30 seconds max, not the whole... Like two minutes of... <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I can't even do it. Are we friends? Are we are sure we're good? Or let's be friends. Let's go win this. I'm just over this. I don't want to talk to you. Man. All right. Uh, what should we talk about next? Um, I don't know. I, I think that's like most of the big stuff on Raw. A lot of other like just random ass stuff happened. Like we had Kevin Owens and... and uh, Constable Corbin versus Braun Strowman and Finn Balor in, in the main event. And it was fun, but it was okay. It is what it is. Uh, Bobby Roode and Kurt Hawkins. I'm glad that Kurt Hawkins is still getting screen time. Although I wish he had... I don't know. I wish like he, he kept trying to do the taco thing or, or something. Like it's, it's sort of like, well, he keeps losing, but like why are we cheering for him anymore? Don't care. Um... Jinder Mahal, Chad Gable, Mojo Raleigh, No Way Jose. Just, uh, I don't know, a handful of just filler. Crap. Crap. Filler matches. 
it's it's the opposite of all killer no filler it's uh, it's some okay stuff and a lot of filler um smackdown on the other hand i mostly enjoyed smackdown um as i said earlier we had the bludgeon brothers gals and anderson putting on a decent match um a lot of potential but that's probably about all we see uh by the way abs anderson dude's ripped carl, carl abderson Carl Abderson, like even Gallows, like when he was standing next to him and Gallows was like, you know, doing curls and stuff and Anderson wanted him to lift his shirt up, like Gallows looked like he was in pretty phenomenal shape too. He didn't lift his shirt up, but he probably could have and been fine. Um, Holy crap, those guys are in great shape and I want to see something come of them. Like they they deserve a shot at, at something more than just being a team, you know, in WWE. But, I agree, 100%. Um, we saw Becky Lynch and Billy Kay go at it. Becky Lynch took out both of them, essentially. She seems like she's sort of hovering in position, just waiting for her opportunity. Her, her reactions at Money in the Bank yes, were... Amazing. And and, yeah. the, and the fan reactions and everything. Like, yeah. Like, she, she needs to get a, another shot at that title. I think something just wasn't quite there with her initial run. Um, but the, the momentum is definitely building behind her and a, another title run I think would be fantastic. Um, we had Sanity debuting finally. Which, I don't know why you have that group debut in a match rather than just do a running, but. Yeah, I did, I did not like that. Everything, I hated everything. Thing about the way that they have handled the sanity debut, yeah. I've lo- I love those guys. I think they still killed it. Yeah, I think Kevin Dunn fucking ejaculated twelve times during that entrance. Oh my god, all of the <laughs> smash cuts and fucking edit, smash cut, smash cut. Oh holy shit, like, smash cut again. I was getting, I was legit getting a little bit nauseous while watching that. I was yeah, like, I, I don't know. think I can it's watch this intro. And, and it didn't get much better in the match. Like, they kept doing the cuts. Like, Ugh. this fair uh, fucking Kevin some, Somebody on Reddit, I think, actually counted up all of the cuts during that whole thing with Sanity. And I don't remember what the number is, but it's ridiculous. You can look yeah. it up. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's fucking absolutely insane. Um, and that's not what those guys are. Uh, them coming in, like, under an announced match is not what they are. They shouldn't have even, like, they they should have been drafted, and when they came, it should have just happened. There should have been no announcement. There should have been no plan. They should have just come and taken someone out, and that should have been it. Yeah, or they, you know, like, in the middle they of... They got the and, Usos. The it, Usos just out there talking. They just come out and smash the fucking shit out of the Exactly. Like, no exactly. match, you know? But they wanted to do, like, the full entrance in the Kevin Dunn... Orgasm fest, oh, and all that. Oh my God! You know that scene of Randy just covered in semen yep. from head to toe. That's exactly South what Park? I thought. Yep. That's Kevin Dunn in the truck during that whole entrance. He I was like, so "And these guys are gonna be on here every week. Get me a pack of cigarettes." <sighs> Anyways, um, that brings us to what I thought was. Pretty freaking phenomenal. The main event of SmackDown. A lot of time given to this, uh, given that there are five major players involved. 
Uh, they did a hell of a job building this up throughout the day, I thought, uh, through social media and then throughout the actual night up until the point where they, it started. Um, but Daniel Bryan, Big E, Samoa Joe, The Miz, and Rusev being uh, the five guys who are contending for the number one contender spot. And uh, I, I like the way this all played out. Um, I never knew that I wanted Daniel Bryan versus Big E, but That's holy what I crap, was man. Say. How great was it to see Daniel Bryan and Big E in a match, a serious match with no New Day, no nothing, just, just Big E and Daniel Bryan going at it for, uh, you know, a, an opportunity at the championship. Like, what a crazy start to that that, yes. that was, you know, yeah. and... Big E delivered in the way that we always knew he could yeah. in a match like that. Yep. Like he took that shit seriously. There was no pulling pancakes out of his, you know, <laughs> out of his tights and shit. It was a completely different Big E. You know, he it can business time. turn it on. It's business time, baby. Totally. But yeah, that was that was a very entertaining uh intro to, to the gauntlet match. Um Samoa Joe coming out next, and we, we got like a little taste of what Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, of what a program between those guys could look like. A little taste, uh, because that, that one ended with a legitimate finish, but a countout. Countouts are always a little bit less satisfying. Um, I, I did like that Joe's was kind of like, shit, man, well, all right, you got me. And yeah, did, didn't yeah. have to like go after and attack him and all that jazz, and especially right. we, we saw why that wasn't really necessary very shortly thereafter anyways. But it was all surprising. Uh, I, yeah. thought, I, I thought for sure Smojo was going to take him out again. Yeah, uh, I thought that was going to be the end for Daniel Bryan. And then just the way that it ended, I was for sure Smojo was going to like lose his shit and go kick the hell out of Daniel Bryan, and then that was going to be why Daniel Bryan lost to the next person. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was glad they went the, the route that they did, and I, and I find it amazing when it comes to the whole. I, I'm excited for Daniel Bryan's next program thing. Because every time he's like in the ring with someone, I'm like, oh well, this could be cool if they make this into a feud. Totally. Oh, this could be cool too if they make yeah. this. Oh, Bludgeon Brothers! Holy shit, this is gonna be awesome if they do this. You know, like yeah, it's everything. Everything with Daniel Bryan and, is exciting. And then, and then we finally get him in the ring with the Miz, and it's skull crushing finale one two three. <laughs> Which was so amazing. Oh. I love the. Miz just sprinted down there. Yes. Oh, yes. God. He was like, fucking, there's blood in the water, and I want some of that. It was amazing. Wait, I love Yeah. Wait, wait, which too, is. Of all people. You yeah. know, oh, it was wait, which is Which is why, like, I saw that in the Miz, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, are, are we are we getting back there? Is Miz making a run at the main title again? Um, I, I thought that that might actually happen. And uh, I, I'm. Honestly, when I realized it was Rusev versus The Miz, I, I was mostly okay with it going either way. Although I still, I think in the end, would have preferred The Miz. I can't complain because we've been we've been pushing for Rusev for such a long time, and I like the ultra, I like the, uh, the the interactions. I guess at the end uh, when AJ came out, um, just... I did not. No, I I liked it. I wish they would have just left it at the handshake. I wish they would have just shook hand. I hated everything with Aiden English kind of overshadowing the moment with yeah. his bullshit. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I think you're supposed to kind of hate that though. You know, sure. it's sure. it's it's supposed to be AJ Styles and Rusev. Aiden English is sort of hovering there, and maybe that'll be a Rusev tells Aiden, "Hey, man, back off a little bit. I got this type of yeah. situation." Yeah, yeah. At least I I hope that's what they end up doing because. I would like to see AJ and Rusev just go, and it's one of those situations where 
two guys who are, you know, mostly face-ish um, can, can put on an entertaining match and everyone will just enjoy whatever happens. Whatever happens, happens. Okay, so the big question is, is what is the Bludgeon's motivations here? Are they employed by The Miz to take him out? Are they acting on their own as part of personal grievances that they have against Daniel Bryan? I I think it's that. And I think it's, I don't know, I kind of just got a feeling that they just, and and I think the announcers even said this, like they kind of just felt slighted by Daniel Bryan coming out there and that that weird little little moment they had on the entrance ramp. ramp. Yeah. Like that was enough where they're like, you know what, screw that guy. And they went back out and did the thing. I don't know why, but it's so funny for me to think of them speaking in Josh's voice and saying, screw that guy. (laughs) Like backstage, like just sitting there with their hands on their hips, like fucking super slided, like that son of a bitch. Look, dude, calm down. No, 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 no. Don't tell me to calm down. (laughs) Screw that guy. Let's go fuck up his title opportunity. It's like a, it's like a, like a conversation in one of those. uh... Bring your mallet. Yeah. Sorry. It's like a conversation with one of those tangents and family guy where people are having a conversation in a type of voice that you just don't expect. Yeah. That's exactly Perfect. it. Yeah. I'm excited for it though. I hope they go in that route and I definitely hope to see uh, our good old buddy Kane come back. Dude. Yeah. I, I really hope that's the, what they're going for here. You guys got me pumped for that. Or, I mean, even if they don't do that, if they had him, like, pair up with, like, Samoa Joe just unexpectedly out of nowhere or somebody like that that he has a history with, that could also be very cool. Yeah. I mean, not as cool as Kane. Nothing will be as cool as Kane, but... Yeah. They could they could pull something out now with all of the connections he has. Sure. Whew. We talked right. about a lot here. God, there was a lot of wrestling. It was hard to catch up on, man. So much uh, fucking wrestling. Like, three... What, the... The takeover is three hours, four hours for the other thing. Yeah, oh. I I still have I still have some New Japan to catch up on. I still haven't watched those matches from the other weekend, uh, and now apparently I've got some WWE twenty four. So yeah, I mean, there's always something. I'm not I'm not complaining at this point, especially no. with the fact that we you know we're we're going like month to month with pay per views in WWE. Like, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that period of time between the last show and this show was the perfect amount of time. It really what, was. What is the next one? Three and a half weeks, so it's a four week, four week span yeah. in between, which totally cool. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about stupid shit, the pay per views, this fucking Australia thing with Triple H and the Undertaker is a fucking headliner. Uh, uh. Why? I, I don't know. I mean. Do we do we go the same route? How much how much is the country of Australia paying WWE to put this on? Hey, Greek, yeah. how much did you get the government of Australia to pay? <laughs> yeah. I'm blaming know. all this on Greek. Like, yeah. who's not going to be allowed to perform there, huh? <laughs> um, I think we're safe. We're okay on that one. All Hopefully, right. they don't let Adam into the building. That's uh, gross. He's gross. All right. Winners of the week? Sure. Jared? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with Rhonda. That's a good choice. I, you know, the match was a lot better than expected, and then Monday's 
brawl or whatever you want to call that was really good. So, I mean, she gets it because I'm sure you guys are covering the uh, other ones I was thinking. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a winner of the week plan, but I, I'm just coming up with one on the fly, and I'll go with Oni Lorcan myself. Oh. From NXT. Cause so, okay. I, I think he solidified himself. He He's no longer on the B team of NXT. Like, he, he deserves... He deserves some more time and a push. Derek? Derek? Uh, I'm going to go with... Dead air, Derek? The, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. To Braun Strowman! Yay. To Braun Strowman. And not, not because he won the Monday in the bank match, not because he's the monster in the bank. No, no, no. I'm going with Braun Strowman because... Braun Strowman is a 10-foot monster who slept with all of our wives and punched us all in the face, and we loved him for it. To Braun Strowman. To Braun Strowman. Although the better one was he he rapped a, it was all a dream better than Biggie did. Yeah, that's a pretty solid clip. Yeah. No, I, I prefer the fact that his poop is considered currency in Argentina. Stop it. He once scissor-kicked Angela Lansbury, Josh, Stop to Braun Strowman. It. Stop it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode Close. 336 of The Steel Cage. Uh, check us all out on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jared is at SuperJew75. But as always, all roads lead to at The Steel Cage. Send us an email to podcast at thesteelcage.com and buy one of our t-shirts because they are the king of soft style. You can get those at thesteelcageshop.com and there is a brand new secret shirt for the dates podcast hitting the steel cage shop very soon that I'm very, very excited about. I didn't know we were actually going to make those. Oh, we're <laughs> fucking making those, Josh. Oh, Shut Jesus. your mouth. That is going on a tank top for Tim to wear during the summertime. Oh, that's now. actually kind of fantastic. We should only sell tank top versions of that, by the way. Yes, yes. We'll is it just the Monolies logo? Did we get clearance for that? Um, Don't worry about it. That Yeah, that, that'll be across the back for sure. Actually, I think I need to add that to all of our t-shirts. Oh, bitch. We'll talk later. You know- if you don't listen to the Derek and Tim Eat Snacks podcast, you don't know what's happening. But just know that all of your favorite snacks are corrupted because they're all owned by Mondelez International. And they specialize in human trafficking and methamphetamine production. But you're going to have to listen to the Derek and Tim Eat Snacks podcast. You're going to have to take the journey. You're going to have to start at episode one. And you're going to have to listen up to this week's episode, episode 34, where we do an artisanal marshmallow fucking mix from an artisanal marshmallow shop. Yep, that's where we're at now with the snack podcast. Anyway, check it out. It's a vanilla bean marshmallow uh, cream on top of a peanut butter cookie dough. That's what it is. So check that out. They also did Jaws over on Unfunny Nerd Tangent. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we did. And just in time for I think it's the 43rd anniversary of uh, Jaws today, which is Wednesday, we're recording this. Um, yeah. You know, summer, the original summer blockbuster uh, seemed fitting to do number 50 would be... Uh, Jaws, the classic. It's a good classic. conversation. Yeah. 
great conversation. Check that out. I'm, I'm sad I missed it. I wanted to talk about going to Universal Studios 15 times in one month and making sure that I went on the tram tour every single time to see Jaws. <laughs> that sounds like something you do. It is. It is something I did. Uh, um, but uh, anything else, Josh? Yeah. Uh, uh, as as usual, as of late, uh, Captain Jack, a lot of New Japan talk lately for good reason. And unfunnynerdtangent.com, if you go to the website itself, you'll find the 40 for 40 series that Greg is writing. This week is number 35, The Goonies. Oof. Definitely want to check out there. Great. Love The Goonies. Movie. And uh, I actually haven't read it yet, but I'm curious to see what his take is. And then uh, Unfunny Nerd Tangent, I think we'll be dropping uh, Jurassic World after the... The, the premiere this weekend, but it may be another week where we're ironing that out. But it, it, you will have Jurassic World within about a week and a half here. Either either way, that's likely to be another episode that just sits on my phone for a little while uh, until I see the movie. I still have like a good handful like that because I'm a slacker when it comes to watching new movies. Um, Whereas Tim and I go like opening night yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, you guys are crazy with I, it. I still haven't seen Re- Ready Player One. I just got Black Panther in the mail the other day. So you never look. saw Black Panther? Yeah, that, that that's kind of shameful. Yeah, Wait, I so have it. you not seen the latest Avengers either then? I have not seen oh the latest Avengers God. yet. Yep. Wow, okay. And and There's so many jokes and so many references out there in the world that are just... That has to have been spoiled for you by now, right? Nope, not a single moment. Holy not a single crap. thing. There's so many yeah. memes. So yeah, clearly you're not looking at my Twitter or the Unfunny Nerd Tangent Twitter. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know because might, I don't particularly pay attention to those jokes. He might, yeah, he I might see, see them and it just goes like, over his head and he doesn't dig. I, I get that the little, like, deleting away thing is Thanos killing people, you know. There's things that I get that are from the movie that I'm, not, nothing's ruined, though. Um, right. Surprisingly enough, I know nothing about Black Panther, like, that's even more surprising to me that even with all the talk about it, nothing. But I'm guessing because there's nothing significant that happens like what happens in Avengers. Uh, I'm surprised none of it's been ruined for me, though. And you know what? Don't fucking change that. I didn't want to bring that up. I've been very careful up to this point not <laughs> to bring up that I haven't watched those movies publicly. So thanks for thanks for outing me, Josh. Yep. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, you kind of outed yourself. Did I? Yeah, yeah you, you brought up the Black Panther thing. Yeah, we, we, we weren't asking you whether you'd seen any of that until you opened your mouth. Yep. All right, uh, well, thanks for running that. Yeah, and, and last thing before we sign off, uh, I just want to say one more time, promo.thesteelcage.com. Uh, pull that up on your phone. Do it right now, unless you're driving, uh, and download the Muscle Hustle and use the promo code SteelCage to get a bunch of free gold and stuff. It's fun. Get at fun me, game. dog. If you friend me, you can call my fucking boss bitch over to help you in matches. That's the way that the fucking matches work. Pick up that red phone, call me up, yeah. fucking come through like a gangster and help your ass out in matches. That's the way that this works. Hit, hit up hit up Derek on Twitter and he'll, he'll make sure to connect with you. Absolutely. I love the muscle hustle. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 336. And remember, kids... When times get tough, ask yourself, what would Elias do? Yeah.